Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, come on, right where you're at, right at home. Let's make an altar right where you're at to our Lord of Lords, to our King of Kings. If he is worthy to be praised, I dare you. I know it might not seem normal. It might seem uncomfortable. You may be in your car, in your bathroom, at your kitchen table, but can you worship and make an altar right where you're at to the Alpha and the Omega, to the beginning and the end, to the everlasting father to Emmanuel who is God that is with us it doesn't matter where you're at I know you may be used to coming in church on Sunday mornings you may be tuning in on Facebook you may be tuning in on YouTube but at this time can you acknowledge and worship God for who he is he's an amazing God he's a great God I dare you right where you're at just to give God some praise, the honor and glory that is due his name, for he is good, he is worthy to be praised. Amen and amen, amen, amen. Well, welcome to the well. This is Labor Day weekend, and I'm so grateful for technology that affords us the time to give our ministry a time of rest. Yes, we use this time online during some weekends and holiday weekends to where we close down the church. We've pre-recorded, but we're still here live on Facebook and YouTube, Hopewell at Home and Hopewell Anywhere. My name is Minister Ford, and I'm so pleased that you've joined me today. I'm standing here in our stead of our awesome pastor, Pastor Christopher Earl Swims. We are so thankful for him. I'm sure he's in the chat somewhere saying hi and saying his greetings. So say hi to our pastor. We greet our first family and everyone in their respective places on today. Well, I am excited and we're going to get right to it because there is a word from the Lord on today. So if you have your Bibles, and I know it's kind of strange, normally you may be on your phone and use your phone as a Bible, but go ahead, there's an awesome button, you can hit stream this to your TV, pull your phone or tablet out or your Bible, and we are going to be coming from Nehemiah 4, 16 through 20. Nehemiah chapter 4, 16 through 20. And I'll go ahead and read it for your hearing as we begin on this morning. But from then on, only half my men worked while the other half stood guard with spears, shields, bows, and coats of mail. The leaders stationed themselves behind the people of Judah who were building the wall. The laborers carried on their work with one hand supporting the load and one hand holding a weapon. All the builders had a sword belted to their side, and the trumpeter stayed with me to sound the alarm. Then I explained to the nobles and the officials and all the people, the work is very spread out, and we are widely separated from each other along the wall. When you hear the blast of the trumpet, rush to wherever it is sounding, then our God will fight for us. Today, 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 I got a title that might interest you and confuse you at the, t at the same time, but I promise you it will make sense as we go on today. But today's title, as we are going on in part five of our series of We've Got Work to Do, is titled Fortnite Battle Royale. Let us pray. 
Father God, I thank you, dear God, for what you're doing and all that you have done, dear God. I thank you for being with us and keeping with us, dear God, as we've made our way until the month of September, dear God. I ask, dear God, that you make me transparent, dear God, that my words do not speak, but your word speaks, dear God. Make me transparent so the cross may be seen and someone may ask, what must I do to be saved? I thank you for your healing power and your saving power. And it's in your precious son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. As we continue on today, we are in our series, We've Got Work to Do. We've Got Work to Do. And we are officially halfway through our series. And I just want to recap where we have been so far and also connect us to what's going on. Please know and understand, as we are looking at the life of Nehemiah, we need to connect what Nehemiah is going through in rebuilding Jerusalem to how we as a body of believers at Hopewell are rebuilding and strengthening what God is given us here, but not only here at Hopewell, but also at home where you may be right now, that God is doing a rebuilding in your life, in your home, and he wants to see that take place. When we started this series, Pastor Swim started, started with, with, it starts with a burden. Oh, a mighty message. Please go back and see it online if you haven't. But it starts with a burden. Nehemiah had a burden, and we define a burden as a weight that is too heavy for one person to carry. A weight that is too heavy for one person to carry. And when you hear that, I know that you can instantly think of some places or situations situations, even in your own life, where you are carrying a burden, a weight that just feels too heavy. And the thing about it is, is we carry these burdens with no real solution. We have these burdens and they weigh on us day and night and day and night. And these burdens get to a place where they paralyze us and cripples us from doing nothing. Oh, we just want to stay in the bed all day. We don't want to talk to nobody. We don't answer the phone. Your voicemail box is full. Your emails are gathering up into the hundreds. And we take these burdens and we put them on ourselves. But I loved what we looked about it in the book of Nehemiah 1 because it started with a burden. But Nehemiah's burden led him to pray. Prayer. Nehemiah's burden led him to cry out to God. Just recently, we finished two nights of our nights of exhortation. And this is a moment and a time that the church should have been packed out. And so I have to step on a little toes here because we have to get to the place and realize that as Hopewell, we have a burden to bring help to our city, hope to our world, and restoration to our community. In our households and personally, we have our burdens that whenever we get a time to corporately come together to lift up the name of God through prayer and seeking his face that we need to take that moment to bring every burden to God in prayer we have to take it to the Lord in prayer why do we do that because we know that God is a burden bearer as the song says we know that God is a heavy load sharer so we saw that in Nehemiah 1 when we're looking at it that we've got work to do how do we fulfill the assignment that God has given us when we have that burden we need to recognize that it's not by our strength 
It's not by our power. It's not by my, our might. But we have to take everything to the Lord in prayer. Nehemiah prayed to the God of heaven and was faithful in that prayer. And we see as we transition to the second message in our series, how to handle open doors, that Nehemiah prayed for four months. For four months he stayed before the Lord in prayer. And we saw that Nehemiah's prayer get some access to the king. Oh, that's a whole lot right there. When we understand that our prayer gets us access to the king. As I said, we are taking the life of Nehemiah and we're putting it into the body of Hopewell and into our own. When we know that when we pray that God will listen. Nehemiah was foreshadowing and was letting us know what was to come in the writings of Paul in Hebrews 4 and 16 where Paul records so let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God there we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it the most. It did you just miss that? In our moments of burden, we take our burdens and we take it to God in prayer. But not only do we take it to God in prayer, we come boldly to the throne of grace. We have to be bold in our faith. Nehemiah knew that by him coming to the king, he was in a sense putting his life at risk. If he came to the king incorrect, Nehemiah wasn't someone who was a noble who was born into the kingdom. He was an exile. That means his life was in the king's hand. What does that mean to us? We know in the same way we are not exiles, but we are joint heirs with Christ. We have so much authority and power when we realize that all we have to do is come boldly to the throne of a gracious God. And it's at that place we will receive mercy when we need it the most. If we're looking at this and knowing that we have some rebuilding to do and it is a burden and passion on our hearts, why wouldn't we go to the source of grace? Why wouldn't we go to the source of our strength? Why wouldn't we go to our Redeemer and like Nehemiah use boldness and wisdom in seeing that? Because in this process of rebuilding, where is your faith in knowing that God who supplies all is on your side? So we see that here in the second message, that how to handle open doors. We got to the third message where Pastor Swims taught us that it's time to rise up and build. Rise up and build. And it was in this, I believe, that Pastor challenged us with something so deep. He said this, to effectively build, we must first diagnose before building. Oh, see? That, that right there is almost, it hurts a little bit. It's, a, it's one of those Christian curse words because it comes to the point when what he's really talking about is a self-evaluation. Nehemiah here in this point, he went around to Jerusalem at night when no one is around by himself and he was looking at the condition of the walls and he saw that they were broken down, that there was rubble and they were burnt everywhere and he realized that it was in far worse condition. How many times do we stop and reflect and look at the condition of our lives? 
Look at the condition of our hearts. Look at what's going on all around us. See, it is a humbling thing to see all the work that is needed to be done. Oh, it could break you down. In a sense, it could make that burden even heavier. You're looking and seeing, look at all the mistakes that I've made. Look at how everything around me seems to be falling apart. But yet again, we see here in the text that it's not time to let the burdens push us down, but it's time to rise up and build. And I love Nehemiah's response and his attitude. He says this, but now I say to them, you know very well what trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruins, and its gates have been destroyed by fire. Let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and end this disgrace. Then I told them about how gracious, how the gracious hand of God has been on me, and about my conversation with the king. What Nehemiah did was he acknowledged the reality of his situation and his condition. Oh, uh, see, a lot of us we like to be ignorant about what's going on. We don't want to talk about what's going on in the world. We don't want to talk about what's going on in politics. As Pastor Swim says, we don't want to talk about how when we step on that scale and that weight just seems to keep going up and up and up. But sometimes we need to stop and acknowledge the reality of the situation and take that self-evaluation to focus on what needs to be done. But Nehemiah didn't stop or end right there. He offered a personal testimony of hope. He reminded the people of how God's gracious hand had been on him. Sometimes when we get to that place where we have to rise up and build, we need to realize that, God, I am the redeemed. And because I am redeemed, I have been set free. And because I am free, there's no more chains that are holding me. So now because I'm free, I can move forward into the rebuilding of what God is doing. Sometimes we need to remember what God did before. Sometimes we need to remind ourselves of that personal testimony of hope. And guess what? You may not have a testimony, but if you hear someone else's testimony, you have to cry loud and spare not because your voice has power and it has power to help someone rise up and build again. And this carries us on. We're just recapping here, setting the stage to last week's message that Pastor preached, managing the problems of progress. We see here in Nehemiah chapter 4 that opposition comes with progress. Opposition comes when you try to progress forward. Oh, it's that horrible place where we get to the point where you're trying to do good. You're trying to do great. But now here comes those voices. Now here comes those situations that tries to put you down. We see in Nehemiah here that people come start making threats. They start intimidating. He gets fearful. They start laughing and mocking at him and it's at this point we have to get honest with ourselves oh we don't do good with that we don't like it when we have those negative voices in our ears we don't like it when it feels like we take one step forward and two step backwards where we're trying to push forward but it seems like everything else keeps pushing its back I love it there's a book called the dream griver a great book it starts off with a story about a nobody who lived nowhere but he wanted to go somewhere but every time this nobody tried to leave nowhere and go somewhere he kept facing those resistance and people tell him well you're just a nobody you can't be somebody 
You're just going to be a nobody. But he had to push forward and go forward to see that, no, I'm not going to listen to the negative voices. I'm not going to listen to the doubts. I'm not going to listen to the fear. But I have to be bold. Nehemiah saw this and his response last week we saw was he prepared the people for a fight. We have to know and understand that in this life we are going to have to face battles and if you are not prepared you are going to get ran off. Oh I love it. You know the internet's great or full of videos and this video was with a family in their backyards and oh Lord I don't know what I would have done but I pray for the boldness that this man had and a bear was in this person's backyard chasing their dog. It was a black bear. But what you need to know, and Nehemiah shows us, and this video shows us, there's a situation of how to deal with a black bear. See, what you have to do when you face a black bear, if you turn and run, the bear will chase you. But if you stand firm and stand strong and make yourself appear tall and big, and as the bear grows, you roar right back at that bear and what are you doing you're showing the bear that you're not intimidated you're showing the enemy that you won't back down Nehemiah was showing us last week to manage the problems of progress sometimes we gotta stay strapped and ready to fight the bear may be bigger and stronger but he doesn't know the power that you have behind you so when you stand strong and stand firm you are showing that you you are ready to fight. So we see that last week. After Sembalat and Tobias and Geshem, they're spreading rumors. They're saying that they're about to attack. All this negativity is coming their way. We get to this point where we're at today in our text in verse 15 that now we see Nehemiah has strengthened the people, has told them to get ready for a fight. And I love it because it's this word called resiliency. This word resiliency packs a lot of power because that word resiliency means that I'm strong enough to bounce back from whatever may attack me. And he has given them this resilience. And it says in verse 15, when our enemies heard that we knew of their plans and that God had frustrated them, we all returned to our work on the wall. They all returned to the work on the wall. I love this and it should be on the screen. It is this saying here that the attacks come to prevent your progress. But victory comes when you go back to work. Right. See, a lot of us got it twisted. When the attacks come, we try to stop and slow down, and we hit pause on what we have to do. But victory doesn't come when we stop the attack. Victory comes when we get back to work, when we get back on the wall, when we get back to building, when we say, I'm not going to let this attack slow me down. I'm not going to let this attack push me back. But victory is in my grasp, yes. and victory is in my reach. So I'm going to press forward. I'm going to keep marching. I'm not going to stop. And we see here, we all return to our work on the wall. What is so important that Nehemiah had set up in chapter 3, please don't miss our small groups, shameless plug, which will be starting in October, where you'll have your chance to dig deeper and go in depth into the life of Nehemiah. And you will see that in chapter 3 here, everyone had a job. Everyone was building in front of their house. Everyone was assigned a task. 
ask. And so I have to ask the question, and I don't believe it has been asked yet in this series. If we are talking that we've got work to do, we've got work to do, that we're rebuilding, we're rebuilding, I have to ask this question, what is your job? What is that thing that you have to put your hand to work on? What is it, that thing that God has called you to do? I know this may push you and make you feel a little bit uncomfortable, but see, the problem is, is that we've started to raise a bunch of spoiled and entitled post-pandemic believers. See, what happens is, is that people now have got used to quarantine. People have now got used to staying at home, and people don't want to work. See, you're all good and fine with coming to church and hearing some good singing and preaching, but then you go home and do nothing. Oh, you know you go to that job, and you barely put in any effort. You do what they call now as uh, silent quitting or quietly quitting. You know you may even be in your marriage or relationship, and instead of dealing with the problems in front of you, you now go to the bar all night but we have to ask ourselves the question what is your job what is that thing that God has called you specifically to do what is that task that he specifically put in your hand like I said we're connecting this all together Nehemiah is rebuilding Jerusalem but hopefully we have work to do as well we have ministries that need filling we have jobs that need being uh, enabled to be done we have work to do and God has gifted you with something what is your job as we go on in Nehemiah 4.16 I promise you I'm almost done I ain't going to be before you long on today but from then on, only half my men worked, while the other half stood guard with spears, shield, bows, and coats of mail. The leaders stationed themselves behind the people of Judah. Okay, we see here now, verse 15, hey, we understand that, hey, the enemies, they knew of our plans, God frustrated them, so we got back to work. But Nehemiah being so wise in what God has showed him to do, he understands that not only can we go back to work because we still face the threat of an attack. What we got to realize is that while we're rebuilding, we cannot slack off and we need to know that the enemy is still active and he is still roaming around and we see here that he put half the men to work while the other half stood guard with shield spears bows and armor on so let me connect this a little bit I said this at the beginning and for our Facebook and YouTube audience if you didn't catch it and you're wondering why you see this title on the screen Fortnite Battle Royale and what in the world does that have to do with Nehemiah well let me break it down to you and put my nerd hat on see Fortnite is a video game and it was released in 2017 and in this game, I know you may not be familiar with games, but I'm sure you heard of it. This is a multi-billion dollar company. They got t-shirts, games, it's everywhere now. And in this game, 100 players, they team up either solo or with another player, player as a duo, with three players as a trio, or even up to four players as a quad squad. And they drop into a map. 
And as a player, you land on this map and you have to find items to survive while trying to defeat the other team. Now, all you land with is an axe to build and you have to find shields, weapons, and armors to survive. It's up to your team to defeat everyone else and be the last team standing. You could gather wood, materials, all these different things, weapons, bows, armors, all these things. And even with the materials, you could build walls and ramps for defense against the enemy. Oh, I know you got enough Holy Ghost to see where I'm going with this. But just like in chapter, in verse 16, God is calling and equipping us in a battle royale of life. And what we got to see with is that this fight is not a game, but this is real life. And in real life, we still have to work, we have to fight, and we have to build. So, but it gathers the question, what resources are you gathering in life to help rebuild and do the work that you got to do. Okay, let's go back to Sunday school real quick. Nehemiah understood that for the work to be done, the people had to have the right equipment. For the work to be done, you need to have the right equipment. So how are you equipping yourself? Come back here, Paul in Ephesians 6. It says, therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Wow. Then after battle, you will be standing firm. Oh, Paul is letting us know here that we have to put on the whole armor of yeah, God. Yeah. When we put on the breastplate of righteousness, we are going into battle, not with our own righteousness, but with God's. When we equip the shield of faith, we are letting them know that faith is being sure that God will keep his promises. And we know that no devil in hell can stop what God has promised. When we equip like Nehemiah told them to do with the spear and the bull, we are like Paul is saying, and having the sword of truth, which is God's word, which is our ultimate yeah, weapon. Yeah. We need to know that when God is calling us to battle like Fortnite, like Nehemiah, we need to be equipped and we need to have the resources. So we need to put on the whole armor of God. The question is, are you ready to fight? Are you ready to get up? Are you ready to proclaim and head into battle? Like I said earlier, you have to come boldly. You can not sit back and be timid but there is a work that is left to do so now we are asking the question what is your job but in spite of your job are you ready to fight because guess what the enemy is on the loose the enemy is looking for you and where you're at at your job at your home at the church wherever you go so can we build and stand strong it goes on to say, in verse 16, we see here, Nehemiah being wise. Nehemiah telling half the men to work, the other half to stand guard with spears, shields, and bows that are equipped. But it says this thing here that, that it, it tugged at my head, and I, I had to do some research, and I had to start digging, and I had to start going back and seeing what was bothering me about this. But it said, the leaders stationed themselves behind the people of Judah. I, I, I'm trying to understand this of what's going on here. Why Nehemiah put it into the word here to say that the leaders stationed themselves behind the people of Judah. See, see, what we got to remember is Nehemiah is in exile. 
Nehemiah, as I said earlier, he wasn't born into nobility with King Artaxerxes. He wasn't born into the Persian lifestyle. They were conquered by Persia and by King Artaxerxes, but he had found favor with the king. And But we, what Nehemiah still understood was that any point, if King Artaxerxes thought that Nehemiah was doing anything wrong, he could have him killed and all his people killed at the same time. Nehemiah was not a free man, but he was one who was in bondage to the king. But catch this, the same person who had ruled over Nehemiah was also the same person that sent Nehemiah with protection. Oh, we got to go back to Nehemiah 2 and verse 9. The king, I should add, had sent along army officers and horsemen to protect me. So what we see here in the latter part of verse 16, that the leaders stationed themselves behind the people of Judah, this was actually King Artaxerxes' army that he sent with Nehemiah. For what you're trying to say, what I'm trying to let you know is that God will cause your enemies to protect you. Oh, you thinking you fighting this fight alone you thinking that God doesn't have your back but just like Nehemiah he will send you to do a work but he will send you with protection that's why David said in Psalms 110 the Lord said to my Lord sit in this place of honor at my right hand until I humble your enemies making them a footstool underneath your feet God is letting you know that those same people that came up to you that was talking all that mess that was trying to push you down are the same people people that God's going to use to be your protection. Oh, I know that's not enough. The word says in Psalm again, be still and know that I am God. All we right. see here that we sit in the place of honor. We see that God is telling us to be still. All we have to do is sit and be still. Sit and be still. Sit and be still because God is going before us. David understood this when he said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because thy rod and thy staff are with me. Thou makest my tables to prepare an enemy. They said, thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Do you understand that God will allow your enemies to have a front row seat to your, your feast? God will allow your enemies to have a front row seat to your victory. If we trust and believe in what God is doing, if we trust and believe in his plan and know that we should be still and know that he is God. He will send his army before us. He will have his army behind us. His protection will be round about us. Jesus be a fence round about me everywhere that I go, every day that I live, every breath that I take, that God will fight your battles. We see that the, the leaders station themselves behind the people of Judah. They had their backing. They had their weapons. Those who were building the wall, we see the laborers carried on their work with one hand supporting the load and one hand on a weapon. All the builders had a sword belted to their side and the trumpeter stayed with me to sound the alarm. So set the scene. Let me paint the picture. You have the army behind the people. You have laborers with a tool and a weapon. What does that mean? 
just like Fortnite, you're landing into the battle and you're landing with an axe and you're finding your weapon, which is the word of God. So you're ready and you're equipped. So we have the army, then we have the laborers, but then we have the builders who are there as well. But the builders now, they're strapped with a sword by their side, but both their hands are ready and working. But then Nehemiah said that the trumpeter stayed with me to sound the alarm. That part. It got me because it said, okay, Nehemiah, I see you. You got the army behind you. You got your workers, the laborers and the builders. One has their weapon and is working. Both have, some have a weapon on their side and they're working. But then you have this trumpeter. And I, I, it made me think. And it goes on to say, but it still brought me back to this game called Fortnite. And sometimes you can play the game solo. But it's better, everything is better when you play with a friend, when you play with a group, when you play with a squad. And it made me think that, okay, God, I see, we are not called into this battle alone, just like Nehemiah. And I see that here, Hopa, Hopa, we are a family. And we are a family here at Hopa, so what you build at home, you bring back to the house. And the work continues. I'm reading on, and it goes in verse 19 and 20, Nehemiah says, Then I spoke to the nobles and officials and everyone else. There is a lot of work going on, and we are all spread out along the wall, separated from each other. When you hear the trumpet call, join us there. What was Nehemiah doing? Nehemiah was making sure the people know, I get it, you're covered, army behind you. You're working and you got your weapons. But guess what? Since we're so spread out, we're across the map, we're across the wall. If you get in trouble, if I sound a trumpet, we will join you right where you're at. Well, let me let you know, parents, you might have heard your kids saying this as they're playing the game. If you may have seen it happen, if you're playing the game yourself, what happens sometimes as you're on this battle royale of life, you see the enemy coming before you in front of you. So you're equipped now and you're ready to fight. And as you're fighting the enemy, it's a battle going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And now you are on the verge of defeat, but your enemy is also on the verge of defeat. But somehow, some way, life gets too hard, the battle gets too hard, and you fall in defeat, and you're falling and you need help. When someone is playing the game, they say, I got him down to one HP. He's one shot. He's one shot. He's about to die. What is that person doing? They are sounding the alarm to let their teammates know the enemy is almost defeated. The enemy is just one shot away from defeat. It is an alarm to let the team know that victory is on the way. Nehemiah was letting us know in the same way as we're building and fighting. We have the battle in our hand, but you may fall down, but you are not in this by yourself. You have laborers and builders and you have the army that's right beside you. So you are able to call out to your teammate. You are able to call out to your brother or sister. I almost got the enemy defeated, but I just need a little bit more help. So let me sound the trumpet and let me sound the alarm so that you can come to my rescue, so that you can come to my side as we are building just like in Fortnite, we need to know that we are in this thing together. That we got the enemy down to one shot. So let's sound the alarm. Let's let everyone know that the victory is almost won. But guess what? That's not it. This ain't no victory.
video game. This is real life. And the word of God says that when you hear the trumpet call, join us here. Why do you need to join us? Because our God will fight for us. If God be for me, who can be against me? The word says, never have I seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. When we get to the point in the battle where we think we've lost it all, we need to remember that God will fight for us, that the Lord is on my side, that in all these things, we are more than conquerors. You have to know that you've got the victory, that God is on your side, for the Lord God is with you. He will fight for you against your enemies, and he will give you victory. This Labor Day weekend, I'm wondering if anybody has the sound to send up a sound of praise to say, God, the enemy is almost defeated, but I'm at the end of my rope. God, I don't know how I'm going to make it. God, I don't know how I'm going to stand. So I'm sounding the alarm. I'm crying loud and sparing not. I got the devil up against the ropes, but God, I need your help. God, I need your power. God, I need your might. So it is at this time that we should send up a sound of praise. We should send Judah first to let the devil know. You may have thought you got me separated. You may have thought I was by myself. But I have the Lord on my side. And I know without a shadow of a doubt that he will save and he will redeem and he will bring me back in this fight. Oh, that's a good place to give God some praise right there. That's a good place right now to lift up the sound of praise. Let that be your trumpet. Let that be your sound of victory to know that God is on your side. To know that God will fight for you. You don't have to do this alone. You don't have to go on this battle alone. Please know that you have your brothers and sisters in Christ that is here to help you in battle. But more than that, you have God Almighty that, <laughs> that is on your side. You have El Shaddai who is going before you. You have Emmanuel who is God with us. As we continue on in this series, know that opposition is going to come. Know that trials is going to come. The song said, nobody told me that the road will be easy. But we know that God is on our side. When you realize that the power of God is going before you, the power of God is flowing through you, that there is nothing too hard for God. That is a source of faith. That's what enables us to come boldly before the throne of grace because we have the knowledge knowing that the Lord is fighting our battles. The Lord is fighting our battles. I dare you, you watching on Facebook and YouTube right now, scroll through your phone and find that trumpet emoji. I just need to see trumpet emojis all in the chat. What are you doing? You are sending a digital signal to let the enemy know that we are sounding the alarm. You need to cry loud right now. Somebody may be running. What are you making all that noise for? I'm sounding the alarm that God, the enemy won't have my household. God, the enemy won't have my marriage. 
church. God, the enemy won't have my finances. I am going to go into this battle. I'm equipped, ready to work, ready to build. I'm ready to fight. But if all else fails, I know that I know that I know that God, you are on my side. Oh, Father God, we thank you right now, dear God. We lift you up and we praise your name, God, knowing that you are fighting the battles for us, dear God, knowing that victory is already won, dear God. We've read the book, dear God. We finished the chapter, dear God, and we see that in the end, we win, dear God. And because we win, dear God, we are boldly shouting out loud now, knowing that you will be our protector, knowing that you will be our healer, knowing that you will be our redeemer, dear God, knowing that when we are beaten, and battered and bruised there God you got there once on that cross there God and you took all the pain for us there God but you sound an alarm there God and you rose again on Sunday morning so that we might have power there God that we might have victory there God so we thank you for this there God and it's in your precious son Jesus name we pray amen amen amen